Number two, my guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook. Thanks to Brent Musburger joining us in hour number one. Great to see Brent again, wasn't it, Wes? Absolutely. It was great to see him in town. And I know he's uh, meeting with Mr. Gone, the proprietor of this uh, very fine hotel and casino here at the South Point. Yeah, Michael Gone is out there today as Jimmy Vaccaro, Chris Andrews, all the big shots here at the South Point. We've got a couple big shots from the Circa up with us in five minutes Derek Stevens and Mike Palm. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL schedule, Wes, and the grand opening, the kickoff on Thursday in September is going to be Cowboys and Buccaneers. I don't think you could ask for a better opening game in terms of a a wagering handle standpoint if you're a bookmaker, right? You've got two mm-hmm. of the marquee teams in the NFL, the Buccaneers off the Super Bowl win with Tom Brady and the Cowboys always heavily bet, like him or hate him. And that game uh, on the opening Thursday night, Buccaneers, six-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total up to 52. And I, I got to think a lot of people are going to like this game over the total. Right. And I was listening to this very program with you and Vinny Maiulo, Jimmy Vicaro as well. Jimmy was saying this was going to be a very popular teaser option, and I'm sure it will be on the Buccaneers. Yes. And I know that you read, you read those trends yesterday about Tom Brady in the opener and how very good he has been. And that being said, I'm going to run right into the wall of those trends, and I'm probably going to be on the Cowboys here. Now, I'm not in a rush now necessarily to bet it now because I want to see if I can get seven here but I do think Dallas is the team that's a rightful favorite in the east this year the offense we know is going to be good assuming Dak is back to full health which I believe he will be he was putting up career numbers last year his problem was the defense couldn't get any stops and that's why the Cowboys you saw Jerry and Stephen Jones and the brain trust down there in Dallas really draft heavy on defense partially because they had to replace the retired Sean Lee but that defense has got to get some stops I think Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard in that backfield are going to rebound and have better years. Their yards per carry, I think, were down by about a yard apiece, and that's largely because that offensive line couldn't keep their starters together, and they had so many injuries, and then, of course, the big injury to Prescott. Yeah, the Cowboys' offensive line was not the same. And Zeke Elliott looked bad last season. So Cowboys and Bucks Thursday, September 9th. Bucks favored by six and a half. Do you think that line hits seven? If it does hit seven, I expect sharp. Yeah, I think that this Cowboys is probably going to toggle between six and seven really here because I think you're going to have enough support on the Cowboys, especially if that ends up getting to seven. I think the general public and the casual betters are largely going to be on Tampa Bay, and I guess why not considering you're bringing your whole team back from the Super Bowl championship team of this past February. So, Look, when, when you look at these, and I'm looking at that trend up there about defending Super Bowl champions, 13-3 and three in the NFL season opener. We often talk about, Matt, especially like in the NHL or the NBA, that ring and banner night. And where you play that road team and they're watching that team getting their reins and the fans cheering and getting the banner raised. And then you got that road team just kind of sitting there in the tunnel, just kind of stewing like that should be us. You know, we want that to be us. And usually those spots work better. They haven't really worked so far in the NFL. To your point, Tom Brady, 10 and one opening the season at home, whether it's in New England or Tampa Bay. So you are flying in the face of a lot of success here going against TB12. But I probably will do so if I can get seven with the Cowboys. Tom Brady, 10 and one career record when opening the season at home, three and one in the Thursday night opener. And like you said, since 2004, defending Super Bowl champs, 
13 and 3 in the NFL season. He's been kicking my butt betting against him for oh, about 15 years or so, so why stop now, I guess. Wes, the stage is set for Tom Brady to make history against the Patriots. Uh, let's take a look at this from ESPN Stats and Info. Uh, TB12 can set the all-time passing yards record in his return to Foxborough in week four. Brady enters the season 1,154 yards behind Drew Brees and at his 2020 pace, which is about 290 yards per game, he would finish week four with 1,158. So could the stage be set any better for Tom Brady? Bucks at Pats in week four. And you would think, I don't know if they're going to put look-ahead lines out uh, that far down the season, but you got to think that number's going to go up because of that very scenario and then the chance to kind of go back home, so to speak, stick it to your old mates a little bit, stick it to your old coach specifically. But that's going to be one where if you like Tampa, bet it early because it's probably going to go up. If you like New England, wait, and you'll get a better number later in the week. I saw a number out there yesterday, I think Bucks minus three and a half. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Too. So, uh, look, that could easily hit six, depending on how the season starts for both of these teams. All right, Derek Stevens and Mike Palm on deck here on My Guys in the Desert. From the South Point Casino, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds here on My Guys in the Desert. Hour number two, Brent Musburger joined us. Hour number one, go to vcin.com, check out show replays, and also read Brent's column on the Preakness. He's uh, he's got to take on the race this week, Wes, and uh, that's a must read. Brent loves the horses almost as much as he loves the NFL. Let's bring in Derek Stevens and Mike Palm from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. And uh, Derek and Mike... NFL schedule release was yesterday. I don't know if you heard about it yet, but it looks like uh, several high-profile <laughs> games in Las Vegas. And I, I got to think a lot of NFL fans are going to make the trek to Vegas uh, this football season to see their favorite team play the Raiders, and that's going to be good for visitation in this city, Derek. And we're waiting for Vegas to bounce back. It seems like it's headed that direction. Yeah, you're right, Matt. Um, we, uh, we've actually had a couple of meetings here. We had our hotel meeting yesterday, and then – this morning we had another uh, another meeting that uh, really was talking about the the schedule release. I mean, I think we booked uh, over 300 room nights just on uh, just on opening weekend for uh, for Ravens fans, and then uh, October 10th for Bears fans kind of went a little bit nuts. Happy to see uh, December 26th when the Broncos are coming into town. But yeah, in the first uh, really the first 12 hours, yeah, 300 room nights for us. Uh, we, we thought that was pretty cool, and, uh, and and Stadium Swim got booked up pretty quickly, too, so we were trying to watch out to make sure we didn't get uh, swamped or overwhelmed in any of these areas. So it's it's going to be great for visitation. You're, you're absolutely right. It's going to be great for Las Vegas. Well, it's great to have to worry about being swamped and overwhelmed for the first time in a long time. This uh, up on Twitter, I have Vivid Seats, the most in-demand games based on average ticket price. Bucks at Patriots, week four, about $1,400. The next five games, all Raiders home games. Ravens at Raiders, Chiefs at Raiders, Eagles at Raiders, Bears, and Dolphins at Raiders. Uh, so road trips to Vegas are going to be popular. Uh, Mike Palm, the undisputed number one guy on the nuts. Uh, Mike, which one, of those, <laughs> which one of those home games appeals most to you? That opening Monday night against the Ravens, or is there something else on that schedule that jumps out to you for the Raiders? 
Well, let's not gloss over the impact you had, Matt, in calling for what was right all along. Amal Shaw is not elite, okay? <laughs> I mean, he's okay. He's, he's adequate. He's adequate. He came there. He filled in for Wes on Tuesday. I mean, he did an okay job, right? It was, it was all right. But, you know, you got the right guy leading now. You have to have the right dance partner leading, and the show has, has really excelled. I mean, behind the scenes, Lombardi made the same comments, Mitch, Paul, Gill, obviously. But you were the one out there in public demanding the change, and they listened to you, and they listened to the others. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm more concerned about the game that's the worst. Why would they schedule a home game during EDC? This is going to be a disaster. Not only a road team coming in, but the Philadelphia Eagle fans with all these 16-year-old half-naked kids hopped up on E, and then you got the Eagle fan. They'll be throwing batteries at them. They'll be booing. I mean, this is the worst crowd ever. The oh, Eagles. This come is gonna, on, come on. You see, six seventy three for the seats. They got to pay fifteen hundred a night for the room during oh, EDC. Come on. These kids are stacking twelve deep in a room. Are you kidding me? Floor, peace, love, unity, and respect, yeah. man. It's oh, going to be right. unbelievable. Yeah. The Eagles and EDC is going to be a beautiful <laughs> Eagles and EDC. Wes Reynolds is going to be right out there in the middle of it, too, aren't no, you? No, I am not, no? sir. Are that you is too old not, for that? That is not exactly okay. my scene. And at least it's in the fall where these these crazy kids, like Mike was talking about, go out there in the summer when it's 115 <laughs> degrees. Although, that's not, that's not warm enough for you. You like to go out and golf in 120 degrees, Matt. I do. I love it. Oh, you gotta love it. Well, man, maybe you and I gotta go. I love EDC. I gotta, I get a whole get up every day, and uh, you know, I took Mike Palm one one time back when he was under forty, and uh, I was forty. I think he was uh, he tapped out at that point. I don't think I've missed it, man. I love EDC. It's gonna be a great weekend. Well, I'll go out there with you. I'm sure you got a police escort or a circuit chopper we can take out there, right? Oh, we always figure it out. We always figure as it as out. The original design of Circa, Mike. The original Matt. The original design of Circa had a heliport. Had a heliport on the roof. And I, I said, we cannot sell Derek Stevens as the everyman billionaire with a heliport on the roof. So they quickly scrapped that. Well, yeah, but hold on a second. I quickly scrapped that. You were the one that wanted the heliport. I did not. Why would I want a heliport You wanted the other no. architecture no. firm. <laughs> hey, uh, Derek or Mike, either one, what else jumped out at you guys when you looked at the NFL schedule? It was such a big day yesterday. So much debate on Twitter and on TV about this uh, schedule release. It's become a huge deal. Anything you like or didn't like about the schedule? By the way, the Raiders at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day as well. Yeah, you know, we were obviously looking at uh, at the Raiders schedule and uh, and how it matched up with uh, with our business here in, in Las Vegas. And, and I just thought the Raiders schedule was just outstanding. I mean, having, having a Monday night uh, to open the season, um, I, that, that's probably the most impactful mm-hmm. game on the city because it makes everyone want to stay an extra day. It's just great for the city. Great way to kick off the NFL. And then, uh, yeah, I thought I thought the uh, I thought the Raiders on uh, on uh, on Thanksgiving Day was great for me. I mean, Thanksgiving's always been a big football day for me. Getting the early game with the Lions, and uh, now I got two games. To, now now I got two games. I'm fired up about you know Lions, and then uh, and then uh, Raiders Cowboys a little bit later. So uh, I thought the schedule worked out just just wonderfully, and uh, I, I think it's going to be tremendous for this city. Um, obviously, we never got to see it last year, so so yeah. I think this is going to be great for everybody. I know people are talking about this is going to be the greatest NFL season over. A lot of times, people say this is going to be the greatest ever, greatest ever. Not people, you. You sell it every time. You it's, texted me this morning at 7.01. That's the greatest appearance you've ever had on Follow the Money. I went back and looked. That's the 39th time that's happened. Yeah, but I'm trying to give you confidence, Mike uh, Baum. I mean, yeah. we've had to make a lot of shifts here, and who's doing what here? So, <laughs> you know, I should have I, I given Bob Shaw. A little tip before this nut started. I said, hey, listen, 
You know, I was on, I was on, uh, I was on uh, with Brent uh, earlier on, back when Vsin started. You know, on on uh, on this show here, my guys in the desert, and you came on a couple couple weeks later, and four weeks later, you took over the lead role. So, I mean, I know what it feels like to be Lamal. Amal, you get run over real quick. I mean, you gave him a couple months. Now, Maul's much more comfortable in this role where he gets set up. I mean, he has a every take is a hot take. I've never met a guy that didn't have a non-hot take. This guy, every I mean, everything is so emotional and directionless passion, but that's where he's best. <laughs> Amal gave uh, probably his best performance ever on My Guys in the Desert in here yesterday. Wes. That makes two me days feel, ago. That two makes me ago. feel great. No, I'm just, Thank no, you for his, I said, my confidence. I said there. his best performance ever. Why do you take everything as a shot at you? This insecurity. <laughs> no. I said Amal's best performance. I'm just ever. trying to make you okay. feel bad. Anyway, uh, that's kind of a segue talking about Thanksgiving Day to the Circa football contest. Uh, the Circa Survivor, obviously, Thanksgiving's a key day in that con in that contest. Can you guys talk about the the football contest formats and uh, what? We have to look forward to in 2021, getting a lot of questions about the circuit contest. Yeah, we're going to announce, uh, we're going to announce actually two weeks from today. So uh, we've had, uh, we've had a, a quick powwow today. We've got our, uh, our, our meeting over the weekend. Uh, and we're going to spend a little bit of time at the end of mega bar, having a couple drinks to make sure we don't creatively leave something out. Um, <laughs> But we're gonna we're gonna announce this uh, two weeks from today. I would tell you I would tell you you know with Survivor, yeah we're gonna keep uh, you know we're gonna keep some of the elements that we really liked about it. Thanksgiving I thought was pretty cool. It made people think uh, a little bit further down the road. You know you had to use a little bit of the Merlin reversal strategy thinking into this. Yep. But when I'm looking at the schedule, check this out. Look at this. I can't get over week twelve. Week twelve. You might have you might have you know ten uh, ten or eleven of these. Teams that are going to be favored are going to be road teams. Week twelve is the is the is the week that I've already got scheduled. I I still got to put together my big sheet, so I got to get it all color coded and all that. But week twelve is going to be something here in the Survivor. Look at that, Mike. Derek's already working on his color coded chart for the Survivor contest. I thought what was really impressive, and if you folks have a chance, you know, if you subscribe to Visa, and it's it's dirt cheap, twenty two a month, Bill eighty. I mean, he sells it a lot. I guess lost leaders, the subscriptions are. But if if not, go to vsin.com slash podcast. Go back to the nuts today. In eight minutes, Amal Shaw put together his whole Survivor program. You know, Mitch Moss said this morning he kind of he kind of quipped about you know Amal made his whole Survivor plan on that two hour flight back from Dallas. Maybe if he takes an Uber to work today, he can figure out this year. So Amal <laughs> did it in eight minutes. It was very impressive. Somehow he picked against the uh, the Houston Texans 18 times. I mean, they're only playing 17 games. I don't know how he did it, but he, <laughs> honestly, he picked against them 11 times. He's against Houston 11, 11 times this year, but it's just that simple for them all. He's like a, a survivor savant. Looking forward to the football contest, and uh, we'll talk a lot more about those as we go on. I, I did want to look at this, uh, throw up this photo I was out at a stadium swim on Kentucky Derby Saturday, and I saw the Cowboy Cerrone was out there last weekend. Donald mm. Cerrone, a UFC legend, after he lost his fight uh, last Saturday night, was out at stadium swim. Uh, that girl right to his right is uh, Cheyenne. Uh, you know, I, I don't know a few of those <laughs> girls out there at stadium swim. Uh, Derek, has it been packed out there? You sold out. Um, for people who want to go out, because I get a lot of questions about this too. What's it cost to go out to Stadium Swim? How can you get out there if you're just a regular guy? Uh, can people still get out to Stadium Swim on the weekends if they want to go out? Yeah, absolutely. Just got to go to the website, and uh, you can select what type of seat you want or if you want a poolside box or if you want a cabana. 
Um, it's just like buying a ticket for uh, for a sporting event, and uh, I just recommend going to uh, going to the website. You know, I, obviously the day of the week and the events change the pricing. So, mm-hmm. you know, on on a, on, a, on a day where you have uh, where you have um, let's say uh, something real big, let's say September September to the twelfth, there are opening uh, opening Sunday. You know, those prices are going to be a little bit higher. Um, if it's not sold out, it's pretty close, I think, at this point. Well, you, but you made a public service announcement last week. Matt was gone. It was uh, Wes and Danielle. We're already on, sold out week one, yeah. right? Sunday, Sunday, Monday, close, yeah. Monday's going to be two now with the, with the, with the Raiders. Week two sells. So if you're talking about NFL Sundays, if you're planning on coming out, right. I'd book uh, whatever you're going to have, Lily Pad, Chase Lounges, the Cabana, I'd book them now. Yeah, I heard Derek say that last week, and that's why some people think Stadium Swim sold out, but not the case this summer. I will say Kentucky Derby Saturday when I was out there was standing room only. It was uh, very busy. All right. I want to talk hockey for a minute, Mike Palm. What's the biggest favorite you recall seeing in the NHL? Because tonight the Kings and the Avalanche hook up in Colorado back-to-back nights, and uh, Colorado's high is minus 500 in some spots. That's too short. Uh, and it's the biggest price I've seen, and it's too short. I mean, last night I parlayed to yeah, three ten. I got a good price on Colorado three ten in the Knights two ten six nothing six nothing. Kings had three shots on goal in the first period. I mean, it's a shame that the Knights controlled their own destiny. He decided to start Leonard Monday night, and they mm-hmm. lose that game two to one. And now they're going to end up with a terrible matchup with Minnesota. They never win in that building. I'm worried for the Knights in the first round. I don't think you can play Leonard equally with Flurry, but I mean, the, the, what you need to do here, if you want to bet the Avalanche tonight, go out and find a minus two and a half puck line. Not a puck and a half. You're still going to have to lay a huge price. Find a minus two and a half puff, uh, puck line. This will be a massacre again tonight. Avalanche minus one and a half, minus 160 here at the South Point. Not sure what the current price is at Circa, but Wes, do you like that? Would you, uh, would you lay two and a half against the Kings? I'm probably going to pass. That would be the way I would approach it instead of laying this in a parlay. Right now, I think Circa is actually the low in the market. Minus 440, take back on the LA Kings, 380. Kings are starting a guy in between the pipes, I believe, has made one start this year. It is not Jonathan Quick that's going for the LA Kings tonight, so obviously check your lineups. Kings out of the playoff scenario, so Dustin Brown, a couple of their frontliners, probably not going to play tonight. Derek Stevens, a couple of nights ago when the Golden Knights uh, lost that game to Colorado. They had only 15 skaters, lost 2-1. to one. That was a crucial loss. Do you have the same level of concern for the Golden Knights going into the playoffs that Mike Palm does? Um, not not really. I mean, I think I think once the playoffs start, uh, once the playoffs start, anything can happen. But I but I agree completely with Mike with regards to Leonard. I mean, I've never been, I've been a big fan um, really since the end of last season. And, and uh I, I agree with uh, Mike's concern about are they going to go goalie on goalie off? I, I don't think you can really do that in in the playoffs, and I really think that Flurry's going to have to get the nod more than every other game. Hey, one thing about tonight, I wanted to ask you just in an alternative way of looking at this. I know I'm uh, throwing this to you without talking to you before, but when you have a game like like uh, the Avalanche game tonight, we've got that prop home goals versus away goals that has to change the dynamic. Wouldn't you think the home goal? Prop is is a much much bigger favorite when you have a game like like the Kings Avalanche game. I, I would have thought that would have to correlate pretty close to what the uh, what the Avalanche uh, number is. Do you have a home home and away line right there? I don't have a home and away, but I mean obviously the Blues are going to are, are uh, 
the Blues are uh, pick them really against the Wild and Calgary's favorite at home. So I mean, you're going to have well, like I said, it's going to be probably two and a half is the difference here, or 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 three dollars or three fifty. Right. I believe home goals the, by the. Oh. Sorry to interrupt, gentlemen. I believe you guys yeah. have two fifty up on the home goals tonight. Yeah. I think a two a minus two fifty on a home goals situation with with what mm. you got with the Kings. I, I think that number should be much much higher tonight. Oh, you could probably move the line. You have the authority, don't you? <laughs> he really doesn't meddle in the business operation side of it. He's more of an overview marketing guy, Matty. Right, oh, oh, man. Mike, uh, what do we have left on the uh, Palm Readers playbook for today if there's any other games yet to go? Yeah, I, uh, I I took Merrill Kelly plus 107, first five with the D-backs. I had a fade Rodgers for, for the Marlins. The D-backs are at home. They've played better than expected. We cashed with uh, – Fading the uh, fading the Royals again today, um, you know I I don't get it. I mean why why was that game a pick 'em when they've lost eleven in a row? I mean the Tigers don't hit, but who cares? You got Turnbull going. <laughs> yeah. I mean what was wrong with what yeah, was wrong right. with that? Yeah. What's wrong? And the pitcher for the pitcher for Kansas City had an ERA of eighteen, and it was a pick 'em. Oh, the state of Detroit. Four three Tigers get the win. All right, that's Derek Stevens, the number one guy at Circa, and Mike Palm, the number one guy in the nuts. Mike, what's on the show tomorrow? <laughs> what's on Friday's show? Uh, we have uh, we have some more talk of NFL tomorrow. I don't I don't like to announce the guest because I'm all done a good job of pissing people off that the guest cancels. I said we got Bob Ryan in 40 minutes. He says is he still alive? He's got to be 100. We get a text 30 seconds later. Sorry, I'm tied up. Can't make the show from Bob Ryan. I mean, incredible. <laughs> That's good. All right, Derek Stevens and Mike Palm from Circus Sports Downtown. Back in a couple minutes, my guys in the desert. OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. Derek Stevens and Mike Palm appeared with us on the FootballContest.com segment. Uh, that was brought to you by FootballContest.com, the number one proxy service and top source for info on Las Vegas football contest, including live standings. FootballContest.com. West's never too early to look forward to the football contest in the fall, and Circa's got a couple of great ones. And that is who I used when I did not live here in Las Vegas for my contest entries. Matty and Tony will do a great job. FootballContest.com. All right, Wes, let's take a look at the Byron Nelson in uh, McKinney, Texas, north of Dallas. And uh, this is kind of a joke. It looks a lot like the... John Deere Classic. These guys are tearing <laughs> up this course. J.J. Spawn and Jordan Spieth each had nine under after the first round. Tied for the lead. I checked at one point today, and there was about 140 players at par or better. Mm-hmm. And uh, my guy, Scotty Scheffler, he's in with a five under. There are so many players who could win this tournament. It's a, Right now, it's, it's crazy when you look at it. Wes, I'll tell you. 
you've got 89 players at minus three or better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a very low cut. My morning flight did a lot better. Johnny Vegas, Charles Schwartzel, seven under par. Brandon Snedeker, six under par. Current leaders right now, you mentioned co-leaders. J.J. Spawn, nine under par, went out in the morning. And then Jordan Spieth matches him with the 63 here in this afternoon. Low man in that Dallas resident group with Scotty Scheffler and Will Zalatoris. And looking currently right now, I believe I have DraftKings in front of me. Jordan Spieth, 5-2 to two after round one now to win this thing. He's basically anywhere between 8 and 10-1 to one pre-flop. But if you look at a lot of guys on this leaderboard, Matt, in the first day, and obviously with everybody going low, you have a lot of players that have been in lousy form, mm-hmm. and they're going out and shooting casual 64s. Rafa Cabrera-Bello has not been in contention in probably about a year and a half for a tournament, 8 under par. Aaron Wise has won in Dallas before. Not surprising. I have him in a matchup, and he got to 8 under par. But some of these guys like Luke Donald, seven under par, who has completely fallen off the map. A lot of low scores out here today, which makes it a little bit disappointing to see some of those big names, including one you and I both bet, Wills Alatoris at only two under par. John Rahm at three under, finishing the 18th hole. But as of right now, Spawn and Spieth, your co-leaders. Uh, I would say don't bet Spieth at five to two because no. there are going to be so many low scores put up, and there's such a long way to go. No exactly. value, no value in five to two. Yeah, Spieth. and we talked about this on Long Shots. Brady Cannon and I with Colt Canoes, former PGA Tour player who resides and is from right there in the Dallas area, played his golf at SMU, so he knew this course very well, and he told us this area has gotten a lot of rain. So what you're going to see is you're going to see lower scores than even you might have expected because now, because the course is so soft, they can pretty much just shoot darts on approach, and that's exactly what happened today. You look at the two leaders, J.J. Spawn, 3.25 strokes gained on approach, Jordan Spieth, 2.62. So that has really been key today. And also, these are very wide and forgiving fairways. So you got to really be bad to not gain off the tee here. This is a wide open course. The players obviously didn't like Trinity Forest, which was kind of the imitation links layout on what used to be a landfill down there and also not really close to a nice hotel. This is, of course, uh, I think got a nice hotel around it. They used to play at Las Colinas, which is right by the Four Seasons uh, down there outside of Dallas. So they obviously, the players are so spoiled. They like that a lot better than Trinity Forest, which was the middle of nowhere. But this is not exactly tight prep for the PGA here. This is not playing like a major championship course. This is the John Deere Classic. This is the Greater Milwaukee. Milwaukee Open. These are low scores. And look, when I when I, Brady even said, hey, I think you're a little too high, I said, what's going to be the winning score? And he, I, I'm usually bad on these, but I said like 18, 19 under. This is going to be maybe like 25 under here. Uh, we had Brady on the show yesterday, and I said I thought the winner of this tournament was going to be 22, 23 under, and he said 25 or 26. So They are tearing up this course. This has been a very easy layout, probably the easiest these guys have seen all year. When you said there was a nice hotel close to the course, I thought you were referring to like a Super 8 or a Red Roof Inn. It's those actually those a are the places seasons. I usually stay at, yeah. man. <laughs> it's actually a Four Seasons, huh? Uh, Wes, we're going to get the best bets in the next segment. You and I have a couple common uh, plays tonight. We had one common play in golf. 
Uh, I had one common play with Brady and one with you. Brady and I each had Scheffler at around 22, 25 to 1. You and I had Will Zalatoris. He eagled the last hole to get in at 2 under, but not a good start for Will. Yeah, better start for Scotty Scheffler, who's also in that group. 500 par, putted very well late uh, today. Gained, I believe, 1.83 strokes gained putting. Zalatoris going to need to play a lot of catch up to get to these guys. Best bets and NBA betting up next. Stay tuned. This is Saturday night, and VSIN's horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and a lot more to find the betting edge. But whether you play the horses every week or uh, bet exactas and trifectas once a year, the VSIN team is here to get you ready to make your best bets on the Preakness. Visit slash horses to find our full race coverage, including Brent Musburger's column, which is up at vsin.com. Right now, we've also got special offers from our partners, picks from horse racing specialists like Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk, vcin.com slash horses. Wes, you love the horses. What's your pick to win this week? Oh, gosh. I still have not handicapped the race, really. I am going to be against Brent, though. I am not going to go on the two Bob Bafferts here. I think, you know... Racing happens here. It looks too easy with these two favorites uh, for Bob Baffert coming in. So I am probably going to go against Concert Tour and also against Medina Spirit. The one I was looking at that was the shorter price that I actually liked the best was Midnight Bourbon, the five Mm -hmm. with Steve Asmussen and Arad Ortiz Jr. But this might be one where you can put a big price on top. I just don't like these two favorites here this week. There aren't many big prices in this field. No, they're not because there's only there's, 10 horses. There's really no long shot. So I guess big price being relative, it's not going to be like a 60 to 1 or something. Big price might be like 15 to 1 or something like that on race day. I like Midnight Bourbon a little bit, but uh, I have not officially decided on anything in this race yet. I'm a little bit discouraged. Like you said, when I looked at the races, didn't see any big prices that uh, would make the payouts. All that appealing. Right now in the morning line, the biggest uh, odds on any horse is, what, 22 to 1? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, and Bren, I think, liked that one. 30 to 30 to 1 on the... Uh, yeah, and I don't know if I, re- if I really like that one. Uh, some of these, obviously, you got to see who the pace setters are going to be. France go to Ina, which is usually Joel Rosario, usually on a closer. This is going to be a pace setter early, so I don't know if they're going to be able to hold off some of these guys. Uh, the closer really is Ron Bauer, so that could be a, a decent price there at 12 to 1. Flavian Pratt in the irons for that, a really good West Coast jockey. Kind of one of the stars the upcoming stars really amongst the jockey community you being a guy who loves john rom i thought you would be on ram or rombauer <laughs> no i'll oh, save that okay. for another major next week and probably come back with not a winning ticket because i have not done so far yet on john rom i keep saying it's not a matter of if but when <laughs> when hopefully comes pretty soon okay let's get the best bets uh, we have a couple common selections here I bet the Tampa Bay Rays today at plus 120. That's my best bet in baseball. Playing the home dog after the Yankees won the first two in the series. Garrett Cole was outstanding last night. 
Uh, Randy Arozarena was a couple inches away from hitting a homer off Cole, but the Rays didn't get much offense. I think they'll get a little bit more uh, going tonight against Jamison Tyon. That's a guy who can be beat. And uh, a lot of sharp money showed up on the Rays in the market today. That plus 120 is gone, Wes. I think plus 110 is about the best you can do on the uh, home dog Rays against the Yankees. Yeah, I followed along on this play, actually, myself. I got 109. I think there's a 110 out there, but that's basically what it is. This was a 120 opener, so a little bit late to the party, but I do I do like the Tampa Bay Rays here. I think Rich Hill is due for some positive regression, 517 on the ERA, 395 on the XFIP, and really what you've seen this year, even though the Rays have been very shaky, They've played pretty well against the Yankees, and maybe not as much this series, but Ray's got to get it going at home here. Just mm-hmm. 500 on the season. They have been under 500 at home. They've been much better team away from the drop. So I did follow on the Tampa Bay Rays. I also have the Miami Heat. I went ahead and laid the money line. No word yet on Joel Embiid here uh, uh, necessarily. We're looking to see what the lineups are. I saw a little bit of a trickle of money on Philadelphia to drive it down to two in some spots. It's two and a half, basically, market-wide. I went ahead and laid the money line. I think a little bit of pressure on Philadelphia here to try to hold on to that number one seed. Miami, of course, still playing for seeding. They are going to be in that top six, so maybe they can somehow catch Atlanta. Them, Atlanta, and the Knicks really right now are kind of in that battle to see who's going to get that four spot and host for the first round. And then Reds, Rockies, I know, easy pickings, a Coors Field over with some pitchers that might get some positive regression, but Luis Castillo's been bad this year. He has not been good at all. 642, the strikeouts are down per nine innings by about four from last season when he had such a very good start. And then you're getting Chichi Gonzalez and Chichi Gonzalez uh, very much a contact to pitch or contact pitcher really pitches to contact so I think you could see the balls flying out at course tonight I laid 11 minus a dollar 20. All right so we got a couple of common plays uh we both are on the Rays tonight against the Yankees uh, home dog spot and um Miami Heat home favorites I laid the two and a half you actually laid the money line minus 130. I expect Jimmy Butler to play for the Heat. Yeah, it looks like he is going to give it a go. These lineups, I'm uh, watching to see if they are made official. They have not been. Actually, the Heat down to minus two in some spots. mm -hmm. Yeah, they took some money here because Embiid did work out, so Doc Rivers kind of gave the very coy maybe of if he is going to go tonight. So if he does go, this is probably going to drop maybe to one and a half or one. I still think Miami will be a small favorite. All right, this morning on Follow the Money, Aaron Renning was on with uh, Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. ER fires on the NBA, and he had a home dog he's playing tonight, and it's the Charlotte Hornets, uh, plus eight against the L.A. Clippers. And you said you would lean to the home dog in this spot as well, plus eight. It is now eight and a half. I have not seen the lineup yet, but uh, looks like uh, Miles Bridget's still out for Charlotte due to quarantine. Cody Martin also downgraded to out. Clippers, Serge Ibaka not going to go with the back issue. Amir Coffey still in quarantine. So hasn't been announced if maybe a Kawhi or PG is going to rest. And maybe, I don't know if that's what Aaron was thinking. I didn't have a chance to talk to him. But there is the chance that maybe because they know kind of where they're going to be seated, the Clippers either in that three or four spot, that maybe one of those stars are going to rest. So I think maybe that's jumping on a number. By the way, there is some eight and a half in the market right now. Okay, and then uh, let's wrap it up here with the hockey game. So the Vegas Golden Knights needed to win last night, and then they needed the one loss by the Colorado Avalanche in the final two games at home against the L.A. Kings. Last night, the Knights won 6-0 on the road against the Sharks, 
in the Avalanche one, 6-0 at home against the Kings. Wes, I don't recall be seeing a hockey favorite this big. Right now, we got a look at this. At the Westgate Superbook, Colorado minus 520. $5 at station, South Point 480. Do you recall ever seeing a hockey favorite bigger than this? 520 at the Superbook, total of five. It had to have been a long time. And by the way, if you do want to lay that puck line, we were talking about that with Mike Palm at the Mm -hmm. top of the hour. Basically about a buck seventy, buck seventy-five. I even see a buck eighty at Station Casinos out here in Las Vegas. So you're still paying a heavy price, even laying a puck and a half. So if you are going to bet this game, which I'm not, maybe laying the alternate puck line not a bad idea. But this is a no-go for me. Wow, minus five twenty on the Avalanche. Some spots, including the Westgate, and uh, if you lay a puck and a half here at the South Point, minus one seventy-five. No, it's thank like, you. It's like a blowout tonight <laughs> in Colorado. Uh, at least uh, Mike Palm said he thought the line should have been a little bit higher than $5. Quick break. We come back. We'll wrap up the show. Take a look at the top games tonight. Wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get $250 in a match bonus, fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough. At BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook, offered valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at Play Sugar House. Dot com in New Jersey must be 21. We had Brent Musburger in studio with us to uh, open the show today, the first half hour. We talked a lot about the NFL schedule that was released yesterday, the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. And West, the Raiders opened the season on Monday night, right off the strip. Ravens at Raiders in uh, week one. That's a great Monday night opener. And uh, we'll take a look here if you. Uh, are watching on the screen. We got the rest of the Monday night football matchups. The Raiders also face the Chargers on a Monday night. Wes, what do you like or dislike about the Monday night football schedule? It looks like the games are actually better this year. Oftentimes on Monday night football, we've had a couple duds and who knows how the season is, is going to play out here. But I was just looking at the primetime schedule. Didn't get a chance to mention it in the first segment with Brent, but Raiders four primetime games possibly could get a fifth. Of course, we got flex scheduling here in the final couple weeks of the season, but I think these guys want to do games in Vegas, these broadcast teams and these networks. So the Raiders got a couple home games in primetime, one on Monday night. I believe they have the Chiefs on Sunday night football as well. So the teams with the max right now are at least the most in terms of the primetime games. Dallas, Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Rams, Niners, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, all with five games. Not unexpected, but with Green Bay, if Aaron Rodgers is not there, you're getting a lot of Jordan Love in prime time. So we mm-hmm. shall see what is happening with Green Bay. Las Vegas Raiders, I mentioned, do get four games. Everybody gets one prime time game, but usually the bad teams, you're going to see a lot of them maybe get squeaked into like a Thursday night game like Houston 
or like a Jacksonville or somebody like that. So Jacksonville's at least got some intrigue. Now yeah, they do. The Trevor Lawrence, uh, yeah. Urban Meyer. Yeah. The Houston Texans. How can you put the Texans on any primetime? And Detroit, Deshaun Watson and the te- yeah, Detroit gets a primetime game, even though I really like their draft, especially yeah. emphasizing O and D line. That's not going to be a very good team either. Sorry, Derek. The Lions? No. No. You don't have to apologize. Derek knows. It's not going to hurt. I do love the pick of Penny Sewell. I think he's the most surefire Hall of Famer maybe in that top 10 in this year's draft. All right. So you can see the Monday night football schedule there. Uh, Week 17, it's Browns at Steelers. Uh, Let's go to the Thursday night schedule. And uh, this is where you see some of your teams like the Jaguars Mm -hmm. and Texans and the Lions pop up occasionally. Uh, So Thursday night. The opener is obvious. Cowboys of Bucks doesn't get much better uh, than that. Looking down the schedule, week three, Panthers at Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Jaguars at Bengals to follow in week number four. Uh, Jets and Colts, the only home game. At least the Colts. Jaguars, Bengals, you now have Trevor Lawrence against you. You do have two young, good yeah. quarterbacks. But uh, look, Jets and Colts, the Colts hardly ever get a primetime game at home, it seems like. That's their only one they get against the Zach Wilson led New York Jets. But there looks like a couple good matchups up there. I think Ravens, Dolphins could be very interesting. Rams and Seahawks, at least, is a divisional matchup. Saints on back-to-back weeks with the Bills and the Cowboys and then uh, Chiefs Chargers. So you at least got some divisional matchups there on Thursday night. I think the Thursday night schedule is pretty good, actually. When I looked at it, uh, I thought there was a lot of quality matchups up there on Thursday. Well, and maybe doesn't the Amazon Prime deal start this year? And I thought it kicked in next year. It might. It just might. um, But I think, obviously, when you do have a new provider, a media provider, mm -hmm. you want to give them good games. You don't want Amazon, this conglomerate, spending all this money getting duds. So I would expect that Thursday night football is going to be at least relatively good strength. I would have to say Panthers-Texans by far the worst game up there on Thursday night, right? Yeah, it doesn't look promising. Although Panthers are a team I am going to look to. Now that we have schedules, I can get into the season wins maybe a little bit more. That's a team I'm kind of targeting for the over. I think that well, team I can is, understand that. I think that but... team is going to be improved. I think Sam Darnold is going to be happy to be out of New York, be in a, a market where there's a lot less pressure down there in Charlotte. You've got Matt Rule and Joe Brady, so that at least they have a plan. So there, I do think Carolina. No question, Wes. I can make that same argument for Carolina. I agree with you mm-hmm. that I like the Panthers too, but that matchup is not. No, intriguing. no, no. It's that's, one that it's one that you matchup. can maybe look and see what the college football game is on that night. It's a mess with the Texans right now, too. So uh, let's look at the Sunday night schedule. Typically, the uh, strongest games are on Sunday night football. And, uh, Wes, the first Sunday night is – what is the first Sunday night? That's Bears at Rams in week one. A lot of people complaining about that, but, hey – that's not a bad matchup, and the Rams were due to get a home game anyway because they're opening that awesome stadium mm-hmm. in L.A. with fans in it for the first time. So uh, Bears-Rams, not a bad opening night. Uh, Sunday night game in week one. Also got Chiefs at Ravens in week two. Packers at 49ers. How about Bucks at Patriots in week four? The Sunday night schedule, once again, really strong. Yeah, and Drew Brees will make his debut as a studio analyst now with NBC. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, of course, in the booth. For my money, they're the best announced team, really, on the NFL. I I, I like them the best. I like Chris Collinsworth doing the little slide in at the beginning with Al Michaels. And, by the way, we'll have some Sunday night programming. We'll see if I'll be back with JVT on the opening lines program. And uh, you are usually a participant in that show. So if the game gets boring, or even if it doesn't, 
tune into VSIN Live for opening lines. You're getting way ahead of yourself. Though. I know, because that's probably going to change about five or six yeah, times, I'm guessing. Who knows what's going to happen with that show this year. All right, let's, let's look at some of the top games tonight, Wes, and uh, uh, let's get to it in uh, baseball. I'm going to start with the A's and the Red Sox at Fenway. Sean Manaya, the lefty against Garrett Richards. It's essentially a pick'em game at Fenway with a total of nine. Real quick before I get into that, Joel Embiid is now probable for the Philadelphia 76ers. So just to let you know of that update, we're both on the heat. I'm going to go ahead and stick with that as well. I think this is a good spot for Miami. A's and Red Sox even straddled two of the better teams in baseball this year. And I think two nice surprises. Maybe more was expected of the A's and not so much of the Red Sox. But the Red Sox demise, I guess, was greatly exaggerated because they're hitting, and, and when they are at Fenway, they can hit and they can make up for a pitching staff that's pretty mediocre, but it hasn't really been mediocre to start the season. Red Sox, one of the best offenses in baseball. First in Waba this season, they absolutely crush left-handed pitching, 332 on the Waba, which is weighted on base average. But you get Sean Manaya, who's more of a single brawl guy. He's not a guy that's going to throw a lot of fastballs over the middle. So Red Sox, usually good against lefties, but this is not your typical lefty in terms of his pitch arsenal. So Garrett Richards, been okay this season. Uh, just looking at his numbers, 454 ERA, 399 on the XFIP. Not great, but not bad. So I guess where I would look if I'm going to bet this game, which I have not as of yet, I would look A's first five because I do think the Red Sox are going to have to make adjustments against Sean Manaya, who's going to throw a lot of sinker balls, not going to give you a lot of meatballs over the plate in that park. Yeah, look at these teams. A's are 23 and 15. The Red Sox 22 and 16. The A's started the season 0-6, and, and the Red Sox started 0-4. Yes. Yes, so yeah. so very good job by these two teams. And and look, yeah. uh, and I got to think that they're going to have – I don't know where they're going to finish. There's a lot of baseball to be played. But I think they might have some saying power. I don't think the Red Sox – I don't pick them to win the East, but I don't think they're going to mm-hmm. sink like a stone here either. Well, the Yankees, I looked at a, a few books, are only minus 125 or so. Mm-hmm. Just slight odds-on favorites to win the American League East. And the Rays, as bad as they've been yeah. and as tr- much of a struggle as they've had at the plate this season, they're still 500. Let's talk about that game now. right now. The Yankees at Rays at the drop. Jamison Tyon, Rich Hill's going to be the starter for the Rays. And uh, Wes, money on the Rays, including your money and my money, down from plus 120 to 105. And uh, like you said, the Yankees won the first two games of the series. Garrett Cole was lights out last night. Yeah, he was. And uh, maybe getting a little bit of a reprieve, even though Jamison Tyone has not been too bad this season. 502, but a 380 on the XFIP. Did finally get a win, I believe, in his last start. Of course, he came off that Tommy John surgery a year ago. Look, when you're looking at the Rays right now, they just have not been hitting, even though we're on them tonight. The walk rate's been down. The strikeout rate has been up. So the pitching, though, has stayed relatively consistent when you look at the Rays. Right now at 383 in terms of the team staff, 371 on the fit, on the fielding independent. About the same thing that they did last year. Hills fielding independent is better than his ERA, which usually is going to indicate positive regression. We know what Rich Hill likes to do. He likes to throw a lot of those curveballs. So maybe get the Yankees chasing a little bit, even though they've been a more disciplined at the plate. So 
I did, I did take the Rays along with you. I thought the price was relatively fair. I know the bats have not been exactly on fire for this team, but maybe they can get enough off Tyone. Pretty low-scoring series so far. Total at eight, getting bet to the under. Went with Tampa. All right, we didn't get the best number with the Miami Heat, and that's because it looks like Joel Embiid is going to play, and we're seeing the Heat down to minus one at Circus Sports right now. So Sixers at Heat, total of 217. Miami minus one. Embiid has been confirmed, right? Yes, he is upgraded to probable. Okay. The starting lineups have not been announced. That's going to go in about 45 minutes. So probably in about 15 minutes, we will have the starting lineups official for Philly and Miami. And uh, late game tonight, Portland Trailblazers and the Phoenix Suns. And Phoenix, a three-point home favorite, total of uh, 236. That's the last game on the board tonight. Yeah, and DeAndre Ayton also listed as questionable with the knee injury. So... Do the Suns maybe perhaps rest, guys? I believe that they are two games back or maybe a game and a half back, but they're going to have to have a lot of things go their way to catch Utah. It looks like Phoenix is going to be the two seed, so not sure if they're going to necessarily rest somebody or not. I like the over better in this game. I've been betting on Portland a lot lately, and I've had some success, but I think you get a little bit of a shootout here, even if Aiton doesn't play. Suns currently a game and a half back of Utah. Portland currently in that five seed ahead of Dallas. All right, that's Wes Reynolds. Enjoy your day off tomorrow. You don't get many days off. Always working. Uh, they, 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 they ride me like a donkey here, Matt. <laughs> I think you have a spot on the Lombardi line tomorrow, but that's it. Otherwise, you get the day off. And Michael okay. and I will talk about what shows he's been binging and what shows I've been watching. If you watch this show today, thanks to Brent Musburger, Derek Stevens, and Mike Palm. The replay's up at vcin.com. This is vcin, the Sports Betting Network. 